Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All <laughs> You're on the crazy train. All <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Everybody, and thanks for tuning in this morning. We do appreciate it. You're listening to the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors with your hosts, Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer, and Sam Schmitz on the boards. Uh, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and we are live. And if you want to be part of the show, all you got to do is call us at 414-799-1250. Or you can email us with your questions or comments at CEO guys at yahoo.com. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Tom. Well, how's, you know, we got an interesting email. I'm going to start it off real quick with this. Remember last week we were talking about smelt fishing? Yes. And uh, Neil writes us and he says, listening to this week, this is, he wrote it last week, uh, Monday, I think. Uh, listening to this week's show, you'll have to head south of the border, but Schmidt's Town and Tap in Elburn, Illinois, has a great smelt fry each spring. Love the show from Neil. By the way, I wonder if that's, uh, Sam's got anything to do with that. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> How fitting, though, that my name is associated with the tavern. I know. Maybe you get a free smelt fry down there. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, call it a hunch, but I think there's lots of Schmitzes around there, Sam. I'm, I'm not I saying see. you have a common name, but I think there's quite a few. It's special to me, Danny. Oh, I know, I know. And you're special to us as well as our producer, so don't forget that, buddy. I so, appreciate it. Anyway, so thanks for Neil for writing. That was nice. Thank you, Neil. Uh, we might get a perch, a perch, um, smelt report, smelt report from Jeff Tower of Power Schmelzer. He's up there uh, by Port Wing on uh, Lake Superior on Gitchigumi, the big water, the big lake. And uh, I think he was smelt fishing last night, and he said perhaps he'd call in with the report. 
this morning, although I, I have my doubts because he's probably in REM sleep three right now if you're up there late at night. But uh, I was going to go up there, Tom, prop, you know, and leave after the, well, leave and drive up there today after the show. But then I realized 2.15 today, I got to get my second COVID shot. Now, here's the only thing. I normally don't worry. I'm not, uh, I'm not a little worry wart. Uh, but, you know, my sister-in-law and several people I talked to said they got sick after their second shot that they got. And I checked online and it says that if you have a robust immune system, that that's just your immune system working and that's not a bad thing. Well, I got a pretty robust immune system, Tom. I haven't been sick in three years, so I'm thinking, geez. You know, what if I start feeling crappy and get a fever and feel all crummy? I don't want to be in some cabin somewhere. So I think I'm going to lay low and not drive up there, Tom. But uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we get a report from him. You know, the other thing I'm not going to do, Tom, is when I go get my shot, right? I, I'm not going to I'm not going to post a picture of myself like I'm a patriot and who somebody who just raised the flag on Iwo Jima. OK, <laughs> yeah, you know, all this. I'm doing your patriotic duty. Give me a break. OK, yeah. <laughs> just get the shot. Well, my wife and I both got our second shots last week and, you know, we're fine. Um, but it's this very small minority of people, very small percentage that actually get very sick. I have a niece who got very sick after her second shot. But some people will get, you know, kind of like a mild flu symptoms for the for a day you know just mild stuff you know not feeling good you know tired uh you know maybe a little a light fever or whatever but yeah it, it it's a small minority so i don't think you've got anything to worry about no i'm not really no. worried uh i mean our, our friend troy uh he he got his second this week and he said for one day he just felt really i don't know muscle ache something yeah, you know he's kind of felt and then he was okay fine by the next day so I just don't want to be run down if I'm if I'm walking in waders in you know 35 degree in midnight on Lake Superior. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'd rather be if I'm going to feel a little bit crummy, even though it's not that crummy. I'd rather be on the couch. Yep, <laughs> so, I agree. That's with the you plan. 100 percent yep. agree with you on that. Yeah. Although the smelt fishing now the reports up there uh, out of Ashland and so forth still pretty spotty um so it's and they've had some cold you know some cold weather yet so it might be that next week might be the time so who who knows yeah and from what i hear you know if you're a week a week off or four three or four or five days off you could miss it you know well um, you you can miss it by a couple hours some nights yeah, i think yeah, they, i mean they right, can yeah. come on in and when they come on in I've talked to, uh, I was talking to Jeff about this. He was out there one time and he, he said the water just turned along a pier there. All of a sudden, it just like it could see it, uh, the water just turned dark and you put the spotlight on and it was like a river running of, of smelt. Wow. Just all comes streaming in. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. They, I wonder if they still sell them like at the Pick and Save and the Piggly Wiggly and wherever, you know. I, um, I boy, that's. That's a darn darn good question. I think next um, time I go shopping, I'm going to have to look, start looking. Yeah. Well, I think they're coming back. I think perch are coming. Uh, perch. Uh, there I go again. Smelt, I think, are coming back in the Bay of Green Bay and Lake Michigan, I believe. So 
There's got to be some, I had talked about this last week, Tom, there's got to be some tight-lipped guys out there quietly going to their secret little beach or pier yep. and catching smelt, but they're probably not going to call the world-famous, you know, Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors show and, and, and tell millions of Americans where they're at. That's right. But, you know, I, I got a question, too. You know, you uh, mentioned perch. Why is it we have a five-fish limit here? In Milwaukee, let's say, but you go uh, to to the off of Illinois, you know, if you're in the Illinois area, they got a 15 fish limit, and they catch a lot of perch. You know, I wonder why those fish aren't migrating north. You know, they so they got a 15 fish limit. Yeah, they got a 15 fish limit <laughs> down there. Well, you know, that's that's I, Illinois. They 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 I, they got a lot of crime down there too. They don't know what they're doing down in <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> That's yeah, all that I got to say. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> their perch, their perch laws are as stupid as their other ones. Is their gun laws? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, you can, and and actually, and you know, up here it's hard to catch perch, but down there it's fairly easy to catch perch. Well, so, we did talk to uh, several years ago, Captain Jason. Yeah. Uh, Jason Woda. He he called and he was actually going down there, I believe, and guiding and and getting in on that early. Right. Right. Perch bite, and I, I, yeah, it's what, isn't that right around what, is it Waukegan, or I, you know, I don't want to talk and not know what I'm talking about, but that's what I normally do anyway, but it seems like there, and there's even some piers out down there that guys catch them from the piers and, and get some nice ones. Yeah, exactly, so that's always, I, I always thought that was strange, you know, and, and it doesn't seem like they have uh, as big of a depletion of perch as we have up here, and I was just I wondering know. why that is, because they get all the trout and salmon down there like we have up here so you know well tom you know maybe know. it's something about the ecosystem is as barney fife once said let me tell you about ecosystems <laughs> so you you never know maybe there's a com- combination of the uh, habitat and uh, zooplankton whatever uh speaking of perch um i was uh, online you can probably google it uh, uh paul smith i believe wrote an article about a giant perch that was caught on the Bay of Green Bay. Uh, it was with the Brett Alexander group, and um, they were uh, out, Brett Alexander and a couple of his guides were out fishing, I believe, the west shore of Green Bay for the last ice, late ice perch. And um, anyway, uh, Brett, apparently the highlight of the day initially was a 12-pound walleye through the ice, which is a gosh darn good. In fact, they're, they're using... Uh, 10, 10 inch holes because the walleyes are so big up there. You normally would yeah. only use a 10 inch hole for big pike, but they caught that. But then this guy caught this perch, and you can look, he videotaped it, and then he had to let it go. It was 17 inches long, but guess the girth, Tom. Guess the girth. Is this the one that we I read we read about earlier this year? Nope, nope, nope. And this is a different one because there was another big one caught then. I don't know how big was that. I think that this girth? was recent. It had, I think, 16 inch girth. Wow. 17 inches long and 16 inch girth. And wow. they didn't weigh it, they didn't have a scale, but it had to be over the state record. It had yeah. to be, uh, you know. So if you Google, what they did was they actually took a videotape. That's the beauty of, you know, having our handheld phones, <laughs> AKA your handheld computer with you all the time and they video took a video and uh and let it go and it's enormous it's it's, wow. it's really really big 
but then our, our friend uh, Randy uh, Randy Reading uh, sent me a picture of some uh, perch from Holland that was six pounds something. Holy and, uh, Yeah, and I was Googling something, and it looks like the, uh, the European perch. Uh, I guess uh, there was one caught on January 10th in River Meuse in the, in the Netherlands, Netherlands, and it was eight pounds, four ounces. A perch? Um, perch, yes. Holy moly. So I got to do a little Googling and a little research because I'm wondering, that has to be a different, you know, you know, like they got their Xander there and we have yeah. our walleyes here where they look right. very similar, but their Xanders get really right. a lot bigger than our walleyes here. Yeah. Gotta be I, I'm wondering strain. if it's a similar, yeah. yeah, similar type situation where it's a different strain. I guess I'll have to study uh, you know, I'm gonna, I have to, you know, put that on the, on my list of things to do: study the ichthyology of the European perch. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, Google those big butt perch also. Wow. You don't have to put butt in there though; just big perch. <laughs> I might get if something you put, else that I if don't you want. Might, right, you put that in there, you might get a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me. So yeah, and as far as the perch now, uh, I mentioned that uh, that the perch. I've talked about how I went to the Mississippi River, fished the barge. I've talked to number of people who talked about they've got friends who were up there getting monster perch on the Mississippi, and not necessarily on barges. Guys fishing from shore and spots, taking boats in the backwaters. So that is really a place to go uh, if you want to get some get some big perch and. And uh, I believe on uh, John Gillespie's Waters and Woods uh, a week ago, I think they were fishing the Mississippi, and uh, his daughter got a pretty nice walleye. So they get some big fish there on the Mississippi. I do intend on going back there uh, and doing some fishing and maybe try some of the different barges as well. Yeah, I'd like to go to the Mississippi and just uh, fish from a boat. And if you saw that one John Gillespie show, when they were catching all those perch, and he, he caught a big walleye. But uh, they were fishing like, well, you could see the barge right in the background. They were pretty darn close to the barge. There was there was nobody fishing on the end of the barge where they were fishing, but they were pretty darn close to it. Let's put it that way, pretty darn close. Yeah, the, the, the boats that I observed when we were on the barge, they'd get close because it seems like the barge is kind of off to the side of the rushing water, and I think right. maybe... That it for some reason it tends to hold fish along that shoreline there, but the the boats would get close, but most of them kept a respectful distance. There was only one one guy, and he came cruising in clueless, and I had my line out there, and so did my buddy Joe. Oh man! And we immediately—it's uh, it, one of those deals where you're watching him, thinking he's not going to, he's not really. Yes, he is. He's going to drive right over our line. So. Joe and I wound in real quick, and I'm not one of these guys who likes to get into confrontations with people. I'm trying to normally be the calm, and you know, calm one. You know, it's like me. And uh, I'm trying to be the anti-Tom Newbauer. So anyway, <laughs> what? I'm trying, Come on. Yeah, I'm, 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 I got to balance the your ying to my ying. So I got to. Someone's got to be calm here. So anyway, some old guy. It was kind of cool. Some gnarly old regular there that we'd been chatting with. He took to our def- <laughs> he took to our defense, and man, he said, 
can't you see the line jesus you know and then the guy's going sorry 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 so so we had a gnarly old guy next to us did the yelling for us i didn't have to do it well that's good that's good. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of like our rental Newbauer that was with us. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> you ought to start that? a business. A rent a Newbauer. Break. Need a crabby guy to stick up for you? I'll come along. <laughs> rent a Newbauer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, folks, we're going to be right back. If you want to chime in, 414-799-1250. We'll be right back with more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Newbauer. We got lots to look forward today. I believe at 7 o'clock, Tom, we're going to have uh, John Collis from the new and revised uh, bait shop, the Smokies uh, bait shop, no longer Muskie shop, but hopefully he'll give us a status report and what's going to happen on uh, the shores of Pewaukee there by the Waterfront Pub. Also at uh, 7.30, I believe, Dave Tower of Power Olson was going to try and hook us up with Dale Strohshine from Wacky Walleyes up there. They got some walleye schools, smally schools coming up. So hopefully Dale gives us a call at 730 because he's a bastion of knowledge. He knows almost as much as you, Tom. Yeah, John Heimsch is his last name. And uh, he's, you know, there's been a lot of rumors going on about Smokey's Bait Shop, what what they're going to have, what's going to happen with it and all that. And uh, so John Heim shall give us the lowdown on what's going on. And uh, I, I'm not sure. Are they open yet? Do you know? Um, I, I'm i not sure. I, You know, yeah. I, write that down, Tom. That's something we'll have to ask him we'll at 7 o'clock. We'll ask him that. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely ask him. <laughs> definitely. But they are still going to keep renting boats. Um, yes. You know, the, the, the small fishing boats. They're still going to keep doing that. So, And they will have live bait, and they'll have some tackle. So. It will still be the spot to stop, you know, when you're going fishing out there. You know, during our break, Tom, I was doing a little investigating on the the perch there. And another name for it, I guess, over there in Europe is redfin perch. Um, They actually are native to uh, a, a large portion of Europe, but then it looks like they were introduced to Australia... If uh, if uh, if this Wikipedia map is to be believed, and it also said something that in uh, Australia, I believe it said that they're now considered a nuisance. Um, that really? they somehow, yeah, yeah, like they're 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 considered a nuisance, and uh, I can't find the quite part, you know, I can't find where I was reading exactly. But can you imagine perch being considered a, a nuisance fish? Yeah, they Jeez, we have, all their we got to take a trip there and take <laughs> take an international perch fishing trip. Yeah, they can send all their nuisance perch up here. Yeah, you betcha. Wow. However, uh, in Finland, uh, the European perch is Finland's national fish, so evidently it's not a nuisance if you're in Finland. Huh. Well. Yeah. Well, now we know that. You know, I was going to do that during the break, but I have some uh, cottage cheese with peaches mixed in. And uh, I was having some of that during the break. <laughs> You're sitting there munching on cottage cheese and peaches? 
Hey, it's early in the morning. Got to have a little how, breakfast. How could you? How could you even be hungry at this time in the morning? Well, cause the last time I ate anything was at yesterday about four o'clock. Exactly. So that was like twelve or fourteen hours ago. Oh, well, well, I guess. I mean, you've been burning all those calories by yelling at kids to get off your lawn. So I understand you got to kind of recarb there. But you know, I was joking around with my wife last night, and I, I used that line. Hey, you darn kids, get off of my lawn. <laughs> you, you remember what movie that was in? I don't know. I, that isn't that in, something uh, that... A, a Torino, something like that. El Torino? Gran with, Torino. With Gran Torino, yeah. Gran Torino with Clint Eastwood, which, by the yeah. way, is a terrific movie. Yeah, I think it was a Geico commercial as well, but they were uh, woodchucks. Yeah, the woodchucks, yeah. Quit yeah, get my wood. Yeah, get the wood. Get the woodchucks off the uh, yeah off the old lawn there. So you know you eating now. You're as bad as my dad. My dad. My dad. He that was that was one army that marched on its stomach. I tell you because I'd be out fishing with him on Pewaukee here. He'd come down you know once or twice a summer when he was alive and go trolling. And I'll tell you what. As soon as it got around eleven o'clock, and we'd only start by nine nine thirty. Pop would be chomping at the bit to go into either waterfront or, uh, you know, a number of different places along the lake here uh, and get a hamburger. And I'd have to argue with them and tell them for crying out loud, you got to hold out till noon anyway. And normally about 1130, we'd get a fish. But he was so bad. He one year deer hunting, he shot a buck up in Marinette County and he had his lunch packed, his sandwiches for lunch. He's no sooner did he get to his stand, he's standing on the edge of a field and it's dark out that he decides he's going to unwrap one of his sandwiches, one of his lunch sandwiches. And he said he was halfway through the sandwich when across the dark field, just as the light was coming up, he could vaguely make out the form of a deer. And by the time he got three quarters through the sandwich, he had to set it down because it was a buck and he shot it. And then... And then before he walked out to the deer, he finished his sandwich. So, yeah, that was one guy who, who loved to eat. Well, uh, my youngest son, Andy, when when he would go fishing with us a lot before he started working a lot and going to school, uh, he, he always packed a bag of snacks. And sometimes he'd make sandwiches. Sometimes he'd make, you know, just bring snacks. But my other sons, you know, they, they would actually... Wouldn't even ask him. They would just figure, oh, Andy's bringing something. And sure enough, he'd always bring stuff with him, you know, for all of us. And uh, now, nowadays, we kind of tend to forget that stuff. By the way, well, I also have an orange with me. Well, okay. have wow, look, orange look at you. Look at you, Tom. Great strides in the world of healthy eating. That's it, right. But, but it'll all go to hell in a handbasket as soon as you have your lunch or your supper, I'm sure. Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You like no. those high fat, high salt, high whatever, high everything tasty recipes, man. Yeah, that's true. Well, I got a actually I got a very low carb recipe today, so Oh, 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 oh we're re, we're making some strides on the old health and the yeah. old health of the world here. Yeah. Um, another another story with my dad though, you mentioned packing lunch food. Uh, we were hunting, and Mom would always pack two sandwiches for myself, my brother Tim, and my dad. So there were six sandwiches. So it was about, I don't know, one or two in the afternoon, we were back at the trucks taking a break and uh, <laughs> from hunting. And I said to my dad, I said, uh, hey, uh, can you give me one of those sandwiches, Dad? And he says, they're all gone. 
So I didn't really say much, and I just kind of looked over at my brother, and I said, how many do you have? And Tim goes, one. And Tim says, how many do you have? I said, one. And then <laughs> everybody slowly turned and looked at my dad, and he's looked going, what? what? Well, I was hungry. <laughs> he ate four sandwiches. <laughs> he ate four. So oh. then, of course... We had to narc him out. We, you know, we had to snitch him out to mom when we went home. You know, mom, you wouldn't believe. Dad ate four. Th- what? What? You ate four? Say th- the boys were hungry. Lloyd, I can't believe you did that. She started <laughs> chewing him out. So, <laughs> uh, she let, she read the riot act to him. She read the riot act. I didn't really care anyway. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. I wish she were alive and hunting with me today and eating all my sandwiches. I'd still take that. Yeah, you know, uh, was talking to somebody this uh, couple. Uh, last week i think it was and we were talking about parents you know and it's like you know when we're growing up and all that we got to do things for ourselves you know we got our own families we got our own problems and all that but then after your parents die and then you get a little older you start wishing you had spent more time with them you know did more things uh and you know that i think i think a lot of people feel that way well, I, you know, when I, when my dad, uh, you know, he, he had a he had a blood disease in the late 90s. I thought he was going to die then, but uh, the good Lord healed him of that. That's when I decided I was going to take him on a couple trips up to Canada. And every year I made it a point to go up to the uh, promised land up in Douglas County, even though there were no deer up there, or not many deer up there. I'd go just to be with him opening weekend. So, but you know... It, I didn't have those regrets. I spent a lot of time with my father and and with my mother. Uh, you know, I, I was never a mama's boy. I, you know, I, when I'd go off to college, you know, um, my dad would have to come out to the car and say, hey, uh, you know, if you, you know, why don't you go and give your mom a hug? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Go give her a hug. But uh, I was a dad's boy. So I was off with dad all the time. And so I spent a lot of time. So I was, I was fortunate. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, if you, if you you know if you're not married and you don't have kids, you know. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was that was good. That was well, good. you spend your sons spend a lot of time with with you. At oh, least. I, I I spend time with them. Uh, you know, doing different things. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we do. Of course, you know they do have their own lives, but I make sure that uh, that we're in it. You know, that we do things with them and whatever. Well, the site. So. The cycle of life is this. I thought about this when Dad was alive yet, um, and I was taking him out on Pewaukee and taking him out on Lake Michigan and Canada. Um, when you, we were a little kid, Dad took us fishing, but then when you get older, the roles reverse completely, and you take Dad. Yep. It's kind of interesting how that cycle of life kind of changes. Yep, you're exactly right, and that's why, you know, a lot of people should think about that. You know, doing stuff with their parents while they still can. You know. Well, father. Well, yeah. Father's Day. Father's Day is coming up, so. Uh, that's right, uh, and Mother's Day. They're both coming up. Yep. Yeah, although you can't call it Father's Day anymore. I think uh, the woke crowd. It's called Non-Gestational Parent Day for uh, Father's Day. And for Mother's Day, out. it's Gestational Parent Day. I think it's something like that. Well, uh, you know, my, my, my words to them are screw the woke crowd. They've gone totally crazy. Yeah, We're surrounded by idiots, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> They're right. everywhere. What, what, what did John always say? You can't fix stupid, and crack don't smoke itself. 
<laughs> well, listen, we got to go to a break now, folks. Coming up next is the gut report, so stay tuned from that. And don't forget, after the 645 break, we're going to be playing the Hornschwaggle. So we got a lot coming up, folks. Stay tuned for more right here on 1250 AM. The- Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, today is a low-carb recipe, and to tell you the truth, I don't know if I've ever given a shrimp recipe. And there's a lot of ways to use shrimp, I realize that. But, you know, our friends, Mad Dog and Merrill, I go over their books, and I find things in them, and I, and I, and I make a lot of the recipes that they suggest. And here's one of them, and I, like I said, I can't take credit for it. This goes to Mad Dog and Merrill. Uh, first of all, I'll start off with one pound of large shrimp peeled and deveined. Now, if it's not a full pound, that's all right. And then yeah, you're going to put all this stuff in a Ziploc bag. Uh, you want three cloves of crushed garlic, one teaspoon of pepper, the juice of one lemon, and a quarter cup of Italian dressing. Now, you mix all that stuff and marinate the shrimp in it for about an hour. Then you want to grill over direct heat. Now, don't don't dry off the shrimp or anything like that. Don't pat them dry. Don't wipe the liquid off. Leave it on. But you want to grill over direct heat for about two minutes or until they're done on each side. Now, if you don't have a grill or you don't want to do it on the grill, just just fry them in a pan until they're done. And that's called Simply Shrimp. And I have done it, and it is good. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price selection and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barcelona and Waukesha. And Bushy and I really mean it. When you go into Discount Liquor, you would not believe the selection that they have. It's huge. And for weekly specials, you can go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back to the crazy, the wacky, wacky walleyes, cutting edge outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Newbauer. We want to thank everybody for getting on board the crazy train this Saturday morning. And Tom, I, I got to tell you something that I was really excited about this week. Okay. So, as you know, I, you know, the, I had a very blessed fall hunting season. I got a big eight point with the crossbow. I'm looking at it. It's on the wall. Got a big 10-point with the rifle a month later. I'm looking at it. It's on the wall. Well, after gun season this year, I had gone across the road high up upon a ridge where I had set up a trail camera for the guy who owns the property. And he got this trail camera on sale. And I'll tell you what, that took a dummy like me two days to figure out how to set up that trail camera. In fact, I came home and Googled stuff. And then I went back up there, set it up. And uh, at the end, in October, we got a number of pictures. I'd go up, and I, we don't even have a viewer, but I could use my digital camera and look at the pictures. And we got a number of shots of some, some, some average-sized bucks, small bucks, does. But after October 31st, I, I had put a new card in there and, and never even checked it. And after I shot my buck uh, and gun season was over, everybody had, had shot big deer, 
I just went across the road, took the camera down, pulled the SD card out, and came home. I never even looked to see what was on there. Didn't care. So out of curiosity, I pulled that SD card and put it in my camera. And looking through the pictures, there were about 99 of them, and about 98 of them didn't come out. I don't know what was wrong. Same said some kind of camera error. But one beautiful picture at 8.38, November 3rd, on a ridge, standing majestically with the sun coming up and glistening off the birch and the popple is the buck that I shot. It's posing for a beautiful, beautiful color picture standing right in front of the tail, trail cam exactly 19 days, 7 hours, and 10 minutes before I shot it. So it was so cool. I went to, uh, I went to the, uh, well, they used to call it Kinkles. Now it's called FedEx right over here in Capitol in Pewaukee. And I was on their website and saw that they can do like uh, like posters. It's it's almost like a print, you know, where they got the wooden kind of a frame. Yeah. And uh, so I went and talked to one of the graphic artists there, and I said, hey, man, you're the pro at this. So what, what would make this look good? He pulled the chip out, put it on the com- computer. He said, I would do a uh, uh, canvas. I would do like a canvas type. He said, it's going to really make the colors come on out good. I can fit this into a, like about a 16 by 20 whatever it is, frame, and uh, anyway, it took them two days, it was like 58 bucks, I went up there and picked it up, unbelievable how cool that came up, you know, they can do that with photos, I mean, I'm going to do that with some fish photos, now that I see how cool that is, and then I hung it on the wall right next to the head mount of the deer, and it looks, it's indescribable how cool and how good that looks on the wall, and it's actually neat to see your deer live and be able to look at it you know because after it comes out you know it comes out in the woods and you look at it for two seconds you shoot it after that your only memories are the thing laying in the back of your truck or the head on the wall but to see that thing standing there its neck all swelled up because the rut it had the broken antlers tine on it that it that that it had when i shot it so it must have you know been in a fight shortly before that time uh it was really cool to find that on the camera that sounds really neat I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds really good. Yeah, when you see it on the wall, it looks looks yeah. pretty awesome. But I, I'm telling you, that's a great option if you, uh, even if you catch and release, because most people catch and release fish now, and you always got a picture. Well, you used to, what would you do? You'd go get an 8x10 glossy and put it on a, in a frame and yeah. put it on the wall. But if you have a truly special fish and or something that you uh, that you shot, harvested, you can get one of those, you know, like I said, it's it, it's almost like a, a print that's like got a frame on it, except you're not, and uh, yeah, it's got a kind of the wooden frame. You can get either three-quarter or one-inch frame, and then they just blow it up and wrap it around just like a canvas type, uh, like a painting, and it looks they look gorgeous. So if you get a big fish, that's what I'd suggest doing. Do they have any of those like on display at that place? You know what? They, they really don't, and, and they should. They should. Um, yeah, to let people they, know what they look like, yeah. Let people know because if someone came in and let's say they see a big big fish, a couple of you know outdoor things, a lot of people going in, they, they've got a husband, they've got a son, a wife, a daughter that fishes and hunts, and they're like, hey, that would be the perfect gift to get them for, for Father's Day, Mother's Day, their birthday. You know, find that picture. And especially nowadays, most everybody has the photos digitally, um, on, on an SD card, take it in there. And I mean, that was super cheap, cheap 
as, as far as what I thought, and they got it done. It was either 58 or 68 bucks. I think it was 58. I didn't bat an eye. I'm like, you can do this. And uh, yeah, it looks awesome. Wow. Well, we got an email, Danny. Okay. And and you, see now you're you're starting stuff that uh, boy you're gonna have people think I'm I'm uh, this mean guy when I'm really a, just a big cuddly teddy bear. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's this is from Dennis from Milwaukee. Dennis says, "Bushy, think of Tom as being even tempered. He's aggravated all the time." <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like that. Thanks a lot, Bushy. <laughs> yeah, letting telling people I'm such a meanie. I'm I'm a sweetheart. Everybody oh, tells me so. Oh yeah, just just don't have them show you a picture of a fish and tell you how big it is, so you can so you can slap them down and and make them feel like a schlep rock and tell them no way it's not that big. Well, yeah, it, you know if it's not, it's not. I mean, what can I say? I mean, yeah, yeah, you you, you got to be kind and nice to people, Tom. I am. I'm the kinder, gentler Tom Newbauer. Well, yeah, well, maybe that? since, yeah, li- a yeah, little bit, but now yeah, still room for improvement there, buddy. Um, speaking of, uh, I was talking about uh, fish and a lot of people catch and release and they try, you know, get pictures and so forth. Um, this, a lot of tournaments now are, are starting to try and encourage uh, where when they catch the fish to immediately measure it and weigh it on the boat and release it there as opposed to transporting it. Now, from what I understand, um, the Saint, uh, the Sturgeon Bay Bass Tournament, I, I think I read this on a DNR um, report, that the Sturgeon Bay Bass Tournament this spring, I believe, is going to go to that format where I believe they're going to have to have a board on, on boat and a scale, and then they'll have to you know, take a picture with their digital camera, which... I'm thinking is a great idea because if you get people catching those six, seven, eight pound bass, bouncing them around in a live way, hauling them all over the bay, and then taking them into the, uh, you know, weigh-in place, uh, you would think it'd be better to release them right where you catch them. But my question is this: How are they going to monitor something like that, Tom? Because scales can vary. Does everybody have to have a certain brand, you know, uh, certified scale? Well, years ago, the the Muskie uh, tournament, the WMT. Uh, well, of course, I think this was a money-making thing with them. They said everybody had to get a measuring board from Mr. T's uh, tackle, which is a real precise board, goes to like, I don't know, 180, 70 inches, whatever. And uh, it's very precise. And then that was the only kind of board, and you'd have to take a digital picture with that and have another boat come on over and witness. But I just, I'm just curious how they're going to do this, I, especially if they're going to go with weight. Well, I'll tell you what, we can discuss that after the Hornschwaggle, which is brought to you by Carl's Country Market over there in Menominee Falls on the corners of Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. And, of course, uh, bait-made fish attractants and Coleman insect repellents. You can win a $10 gift certificate from Carl's and a real nice prize package from Coleman and Baitmate. So if you want to be a contestant in the Hornschwaggle, just call 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. And we'll be right back with the Hornschwaggle.
Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Talking all things outdoors and a lot of other stuff as well. 414-799-1250 if you got a fishing report. Or email Tom at CE, whatever it is, uh, CEO guys at yahoo.com, I believe. And right now we have our uh, Hornswoggle uh, segment, uh, the much anticipated. Do we have a lucky contestant there, Sam? Yep, today we got Kevin in Greenfield. Kevin in Greenfield. Hey, morning. Good morning, Kevin. Okay. So, you know how this works? If I'm pulling your leg, you say hornswoggle. If I'm not pulling your leg, say no hornswoggle. So, here we go. Uh, European pike. European pike are smaller than their North American cousins. European pike are smaller than our pike over here. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Very good. Okay, we were talking about the Sturgeon Bay open up there for the big smallmouth bass. It's going to be going down shortly, and uh, so this is related to that. A hair jig. A hair jig is a prime bait to use for spring Green Bay bass. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. No, that's a no hornswoggle. Mm. And actually, it was a couple of Canadian guys came down there and cleaned house on the local boys uh, a couple years ago, and that's what they were doing. They were using hair jigs with just a straight, real slow retrieve. Now everybody's onto it. If you want to buy some of the greatest hair jigs you'll ever find, go to Howie's Tackle as you drive into Sturgeon Bay. They got them hidden in a back room. You're going to pay 10 bucks for each hair jig, but let me tell you, there's something special. Okay, oh, you're yeah. one. How much? Ten dollars a jig. Holy I, moly! Well, I know, I know, I know. You'd never pay that, Tom. But I bought, oh, I bought two. No. I'm going to go back and buy some more because they're colored purple and black, and there's some yellow, all kinds of cool colors. They got them what different weights, three eighths, five eighths. But oh yeah, but uh, heck, I spent fifty bucks for a musky lure. What's ten bucks? You know. You know, us wealthy guys from Douglas County, retired, you know, we can buy $10 hair jigs and not worry about it. So, finally, you're one out of one. Sorry to digress there, Kevin. So, if you get this one, you win. Uh, if you don't, you lose. No pressure. European perch. European par- perch are larger than, uh, than our perch over here. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. If you were listening to us earlier, which I'm sure you were, we yep, that's a that's a good reason for people to tune in early. So, Kevin, uh, you're going to get two things. Uh, you're going to get a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market, where you can go out there and get a lot of good stuff. And then uh, the, our good friends at Baitmate will also send you a prize package as well. And so make sure you leave your address with Sam, and we'll get that out to you. Thanks a lot. Love the show. Okay. All right. Thank thanks, you. buddy. Hey, Danny. Yep. I just sent you an email. I forwarded you an email. You know our regular listener, Keen? Keen from Kansas, who moved back up to Wisconsin? Yeah, I think it's Keen. Keen, I'm sorry, yes, Keen. Well, he sent uh, a photo array, uh, but it doesn't say where he was with, you know, catching all these different fish northern pike and smallmouth bass. Uh, he doesn't say where he was. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing maybe, maybe the Bay of Green Bay. I don't know. Uh, well, 
didn't is didn't he didn't he call us last week and say he was going to be fishing Shano Lake? Or, or maybe that was Shano. Yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't right. he asking about about crappies? Yeah. Last yeah, week. Yeah. I you know I forgot to because I ran off to grab the In Fisherman Handbook, which you vigorously disagreed with, and uh, but while I, I forgot to tell him, from what I understand, they catch the crappies towards the town of Cecil up there which is on one particular end of uh, Shano Lake. At least that's what my buddy who grew up up there told me. They'd get the crappies there. But who knows? I, I, I don't know if he's fishing Shano or wherever. I will check my inbox and see if I get that. Yeah, I, I just got a, a, a demon mailer notice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it again. Uh, I didn't get it. Yeah, yep. I'm going to try it again right now here. Okay. Because uh, your All email right, didn't change. No, no. Here, here okay, we go. Tom, here we got Tom that. Neubauer with go. with technology for our next trick. We're gonna and, have our and, listeners uh, watch three of us turn. Okay. Turn in a, screw in a light bulb. Yeah, I just sent okay. it. And uh, well, hopefully uh, you'll be getting it. The little blue circle is still going around in circles. Okay, that's good. The little reason. blue, the little blue circle. That's normally, right. it that's, does it right away. Good, okay, supposedly it it has been sent. So, okay, so what exact so what exactly is it now? He's got uh, there's about six or seven photos of fish, of him with fish. Oh so, well, but, one thing, Tom, you gotta you gotta realize. Here's the deal, dude. If you send an email, regular email, it goes out quick. If you send a bunch of pictures, that can take a while. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that can that can successfully sent. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay, all right. So at the, at the next commercial break, you can check that out. But I okay. think he and, yeah, like you said, I think he was on uh, Shawno. So, yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, yeah, he got, you know, some smaller pike, but some nice smallies. So, well, good. Uh, interesting. You know, you've heard me, uh, you've heard me talk for, uh, for years about how, uh, if, if, if on the Bay of Green Bay, they got to get some pike regulations there because you can keep five five fish of of any size, and um, they still you know the pike are coming back. We've had high water now, so they've had some good spawning. Uh, I checked the uh, you know they had the uh, the hearings, the uh, county uh, fishing game hearings that the DNR has, and I think they did it virtually this year. So right. just out of curiosity, I checked on the website to see some of these resolutions. And uh, it was kind of interesting to see the list of resolutions on the ballot, and then the, then it shows the results county by county. There was nothing about pike regs on the Bay of Green Bay, but I did find some interesting things, Tom. Uh, one resolution that I did see was a resolution to remove burbot from the rough fish designation. Oh, really? And... Yeah, and uh, it, at least in Brown County, I didn't check all the counties, that did pass in Brown County, and I guess I would say, Tom, I would agree with that one, because, you know, people are targeting burbot now. They're not like when I was on Lake of the Woods in 1997, we'd throw them on the ice and wait for the bald eagles to come get them. People yeah. are actually going after the burbot, so that one makes that one makes sense. Um, another uh, another uh, resolution is to lower the walleye bag limit on Green Bay. Now, I believe right now it's, uh, well, you, you, the Fox River, it's 128-incher, uh, up until May 1st, I believe. If you're on the rest of the bay, uh, it used to be you could keep 
five over 15. Well, then they changed it where until the opener, you can only keep one over 15 and then five over 15 after that. So I, I don't know whether it really needs a change in the limit or not. I, I don't know if it's like Lake Erie, Tom, you know, where they said you can't take too many walleyes where they're, you know, I, they have very liberal limits. I, I will comment this, though. That, that whole thing about one walleye in the Bay, Bay of Green Bay over 15 inches, I've been fishing there for 25 years, and I've never caught a walleye under 15 inches. <laughs> to my way of thinking, that's the most useless regulation there is. I got more of a chance to catch a 14-and-a-half-pound walleye than, a, than I do a 14-and-a-half-inch walleye. I mean, they're all big up there, so... I don't, I don't get that 15-inch thing, man, unless yeah. I'm, well, maybe maybe in the Fox River they're jigging some smaller males up there near the dam. I don't know. But out on the bay proper, I'm like, come on, man, what's, what's the whole deal with this 15-inch thing? Yeah, we got a follow-up email from Keenan. He was fishing uh, out of O'Connell on the Bay of Green Bay. Okay. That's what he was okay. doing, yeah. And, uh, boy, it looks like that didn't go through to you. Nope, no. it didn't. Nope, oh, that's okay. Okay, that's yeah, okay. it won't go through for some reason. Anyway, uh, well, anyway. we got another one here. Oh, yeah, that's it. Caught up on O'Connell on the Bay of Green Bay. So, anyway, well, that's all that we got for now because we got to go to a top-of-the-hour break. So, folks, stay tuned for the second hour. we got John Heimsch, new owner of uh, uh, Smokey's Bait Shop, I guess. We're, we're going to find out more coming up right after this break. So stay tuned for more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! Ha, ha, ha! <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors with your hosts, uh, Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer, along with our sidekick on the boards, Sam Schmitz. And I uh, just want to tell everybody that, you know, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and we are live. So if you want to, you know, join in the show with any questions or comments, 414-799-1250 is the phone number, or you can email us live at ceoguys@yahoo.com. And right now we have John Heimsch on the line. We're going to get all the information about Smokey's bait shop right now so good morning john hey good morning guys thanks so much for having me on this morning well we're we're you know there's been a lot of rumors going on now you're also the owner i might be getting the name wrong and i apologize of the Pewaukee Lake boat club it's water's edge boat club water's edge that's it water's edge boat club yeah and we operate right out of the marina at smokies and have since 2014 right um, right and uh we're also over on okachi lake as well with the boat club right so now. um you know we're going to be opening up smokies next saturday may 1st and we're very excited about it okay now what's it going to be called now 
it's Smokey's Bait Shop. We're just, we're keeping the name Smokey's at the great legacy, as you guys are well aware, um, almost 40 years in Pewaukee, and we're just here to carry forward the legacy started by John and Lowy. Um, it's, it's a gathering place on the lake, fun for friends and family, and an affordable way to, to access a great fishery, um, and we're going to continue that legacy. And, you know, I, there's, like you guys said, there's been a lot of information out there. One of the things that I, uh, is very important to, to get out on the air this morning for you guys and the listeners is we're still a musky shop. It's going to be 80% musky. Um, and, you know, we're going to carry a full line of live bait like we always have. Uh, our lineup of lures is going to look similar with, with some newer stuff as well. And we're streamlining that, but, you know, Pewaukee Lake is known for musky and that's going to continue to be the core of our business and a focus. But we want to have something for everyone from people that are just starting to get out on the water to uh, expert muskie fishermen. And um, we're going to carry everything, everything people need. So we encourage you guys to come visit us starting next Saturday, May 1st, opening of fishing. Yeah. Uh, what, you got the same phone number, right? We sure do. Yeah, that's good to have the same phone number. And, and can you give us that phone number? Uh, I can. Um, oh, tough question. Two six two yeah, six on. nine one nine six five nine. There I think. You if go. My, <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is correct. I haven't dialed that number in three years. Yeah. Wow. Two six two six nine one nine six five nine. That's right. What? Yeah. What a memory. And I met met a pretty girl last week, and I couldn't remember her name five minutes later. Yet I can remember this stuff. What's wrong with me? That's the that's how the mind works. It's kind of funny that way. But when someone calls the shop, you can rent fishing boats that way as well. We're going to continue to rent fishing boats starting at seventy nine, starting at seventy nine dollars. So it's a great affordable way to get out on the water. Um, we're adding a boat, a little bit bigger fishing boat as well. For people that need a little more space and want to go a little bit faster um, between spots, we're going to have seven boats running out of Smokies, um, and, th- and that's going to be a great way uh, for our customers to enjoy a great fishery. So as far as you mentioned, it's going to have musky stuff still, which is great. That's great news. To count on going there to buy some suckers in the fall uh, when you do a rockin' business. But are you going to have like a little like combo rod and reel type stuff for like Joe Absolutely. Average family shows up and they need to get something for Johnny? They can get something affordable to go fish panfish? Yep. We're going to have the combos and um, all the smaller lures as well. So, again, we can equip anyone uh, to get out on the water and go fishing. And families is going to be a growing focus for us. You know, there's been a lot of families that visit the shop, and we want to be ready to to serve them and and get them started with fishing. Education uh, is also really important, as we've always done. Um, We want to provide a little bit of guidance to people and help them out and have them have have a fantastic time out on Pewaukee Lake. I know there's one lure, John, that you're going to have that you do have, and you'll be selling a lot of them because they always did, and that's the Cubby Mini Mite. 
that is oh, yeah. a fantastic panfish lure. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So, well, yeah, that sounds I, I, like the musky, the yeah. musky focus is still really important. The shop is, is so convenient, you know, right, right on the water there. Um, we have trailer parking, a great launch right at Smokies. So people that want to put in their fishing boat, it's a great place to go out of as well. And stop in the shop and get everything you need to go out on the water. We have food and beverage, um, ice. That's really important. And then anything that, uh, anything you need for fishing. Well, that sounds great. And we, we wish you the best of luck out there, John. And I'm, I'm sure you don't need any luck because, you know, that place has been around, like you said, for 40 years and, uh, it's a mainstay on Pewaukee Lake and people will continue to use that launch at Smokey's Bait Shop. Thank you guys so much for having me on and having a chance to talk about opening next Saturday and, yeah. and what we're we're going to be able to provide. It, it's been a great opportunity, and I've listened to the show for a long time. First time caller though, but uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it this morning. Well, 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 we won't we won't date we won't make this a one time deal. We'll have you on again. All right, John. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. All right, thanks, thanks for calling. Good luck, John. Okay, bye thanks. now. And Danny, uh, we got an email here. Okay. Uh, this just is don't from, try. Just uh, don't try and forward it. No, I'm not going to. This is from Andy, also known as J Plug. It says, "Good morning, guys. I won the Hornschwagel last week. Still feeling pretty famous from that. Yes, Sendex and Piggly Wiggly have smelt at times. Thanks, Dan. I got the Carl's gift card you mentioned, and a and a Coleman gift as well." And then, Tom, I looked up to you as a kid watching you on TV, much better than kids nowadays looking up to clowns like LeBron James. Coho fishing was good this week from Oak Creek to Racine. And that was from Andy. Well, thanks a lot, Andy. That's uh, nice to know, and thank you. And what do you mean, uh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, no, that was very, very good. Thank you very much. And I, I know LeBron James have been LeBron James have been has been saying some dumb things lately. Well, he said, so, yeah, he he. Everybody we, knows it's yeah, all been in the news. Yeah, we don't have to he's, repeat him. He's been he he he's been kind of kind of a bonehead, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of people saying bonehead things in in the news, but we won't even go there right yeah. now. But it's good um, to know that uh, Piggly Wiggly, because there's one close to my house, has smelt that time. So I'll have to keep looking for him. Yeah. Definitely. You know what? You know what you got to do, Tom? Shop the pig. What? You got to shop the pig. Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, I just do. like the commercial says. Yep, shop hey. the pig. I go I go to Piggly Wiggly. I go to Pick and Save. I go to uh, uh, what's Aldi's. I go to uh, Myers. I go to Woodman's. I go wherever they got sales, Danny. You know well, me. You... If there's a sale, I'm there. <laughs> You probably got two hundred thousand miles on your vehicle just driving around <laughs> trying to get the cheaper deals. Hey, I was yeah. ta- I was talking about uh, some of those game regs um, that uh, that were proposals that were voted on. Really interesting because I, I I found a bunch of proposals that you can tell that they were put in there by the by the anti hunter anti fisher tree oh, hunters. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because in Dane County, a whole bunch of them, like virtually every one of them, passed. Now, in some of the other counties, doesn't look like it. But here's just a quick, brief example of some of these 
some of these proposals that anti-hunters, anti-sportsmen, whatever, like I said, the, that, the, uh, that the tree huggers are trying to get in there. And, and uh, that's why I guess we as hunters and fisher, fisher people, outdoorsmen, we got to be participating so that these things don't get voted in and become law. Uh, one of them passed in Dane County. Bane, ban, ban, ban chocolate, ba chocolate for bear bait. Now, why in the world would you worry about banning chocolate for bear bait? Well, obviously, they just don't want anybody hunting bears, period. Um, another one, stop trapping beavers. So stop trapping beavers because they help provide habitat for frogs. What? Okay, both. Yeah, yeah, that passed in Dane County as well. Oh, my God. Okay, another one. Ban wildlife killing contests. So basically, like we talked to our good friend up there at CC's about his Rabbitorama, this would be targeted at a good family event like Rabbitorama, where they give out, you know, it raises money for charity, families participate, and this and that. Yeah. So that was one. Uh, another one said just something stupid about protect natural predators. Another one said, uh, don't have a year-round coyote season. They want to end the year-round coyote season. Ban night hunting. Um, and then here's another resolution. The Wisconsin Conservation Congress shall take an official position on the Green New Deal. Oh, God. Doesn't that make you want to throw up? Oh, you I'm getting physically. It. I'm getting physically ill thinking about the Wisconsin Conservation Congress has to take an official position on the Green New Deal. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I didn't have time to jot down. You can go online and look at these resolutions, how this crap is getting in there. The whole thing about band night hunting, blah, blah, blah. Have a coyote season. Their ultimate goal is to ban hunting altogether, of course, but they're going to nick and they're going to take it inch by inch. That's how we're losing our freedoms, inch by inch. Yep. They're going to, you know, just try and do this, try and do that, and ev eventually, they, you know, we might lose all our rights. So we got to be vigilant. It just gets me aggravated reading stupid stuff about the Green New Deal. Yeah, the Green New Deal. That, that is, oh God. Well, that's put up by the socialists, you know. And uh, you know, if, if people want this country to turn into another communistic state like China and Russia and other places around the world. Hey, go ahead, keep voting for those yahoos and their Green New Deals and that. And, you know, it doesn't matter if this country went carbon neutral. It won't matter a lick to this planet until you get China and Russia and India and all the other countries to do the same thing. Because as, as we're lessening it, they're increasing it. So, you know. It's not going to, oh, I, yeah, I get upset with that, too, so we better not talk about that. We, you, know, you know, oh, another one, another right. one I just remembered, Tom. You know that 90% of um, wildlife habitat management and stuff in Wisconsin approximately is comes from our hunting licenses, right, and fees, hunting and fishing licenses. There was another proposal that said something about eliminating the 90% funding from hunting and fishing fees and draw funds from other areas. Now think about it. Isn't that kind of an underhanded way? Because right now we as hunters and fishermen can say, hey, 
all the wildlife management, the, the fees that support it come from our hunting and fishing licenses. But if they can change that, where the funding comes from other sources, well, then we don't have that argument. They can remove, well, we don't need hunting and fishing licenses to support wildlife management. So it all seems very insidious, sneaky, and underhanded. Oh, you just mentioned uh, those people <laughs> that described them to a T. You know, I'm, I'm going to get a pair of green tennis shoes, Tom, and as I swing my right foot towards their behind, I'm going to say, here's, here's your green new deal right here. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we got one more email, Danny. I'll do this before the break. Uh, this is from J-Plug again. That's Andy. J Andy says, not being greedy, but I did not get the Coleman pack. Well, Andy, if you did not get the Coleman pack and the Baitmate pack, just uh, let us know if you don't get it in like another week or so, and uh, I'll let Danny know. You can always email us here. And then it says, pig has frozen smelt, but it was fresh at Sendex. And then he says, peaches and cottage cheese was my favorite snack growing up. I don't care what the bully Dan says. (laughs) So now you're a bully. (laughs) That's funny. You're the bully and I'm the grouchy old man. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. All right. Well, listen, we got to go to a quick break. Thanks, Andy, for the email. Appreciate it. And by the way, the next one I got uh, that I'll start tomorrow on is uh, cottage cheese and pineapple. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned for more on the Wacky Wallace Cutting Edge Outdoors. Okay, welcome back to Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant. Don't forget to get the Baitmate. Now, Tom was talking about mini mites a while ago. Tell you what, the best thing to do, get some of that garlic uh, flavor and salt type uh, game fish Baitmate. Spray that on your mini mite and you too will uh, catch some panfish. It really does seem to make a difference. And uh, at this time, I always want to make it a point. We want to thank our listeners out there. We especially thank law enforcement officers out there doing their job protecting us. We back the badge 100%, regardless of what the haters say. And uh, we also support healthcare workers, uh, military, first responders. God bless all of you. And uh, right now, I think we got a caller. What do we got? Our buddy Al Shook on the line there, Sam? Yep, that's correct. Morning, Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Good morning guys. I uh, thought I'd call in to give you a little in-depth percep- perception of the spring hearing, seeing I've been doing it for 25 years until recently. Uh, the Natural Resources Board, uh, two individuals in particular, were pushing the DNR and the Congress to go to online feedback or input because uh, they were worried that not enough people were participating. They were told that if we did this, there would be a lot of non-consumptive users, meaning people that don't fish or hunt, and those that are opposed to it, would be over-flooding and, and you know, taking the, the, the information input that they want away from them by... You know, no chocolate for bears and, you know, all the things that you see that Danny was reading about. But 
then again, it's it's the Natural Resources Board that's been pushing the Congress the same length of time to go back to its roots to only talk about fishing and hunting. But yet they're the ones that had opened it up for this online input, and everyone was welcome to the spring hearing. Uh, those that opposed things like beaver trapping and bear hunting and such uh, wouldn't show up at these meetings for fear that it was a it was a ill-founded fear never happened, but they worried that they would be assaulted by you know these crazed hunters and people with guns. That's why they didn't come. Now they have a faceless uh, input vessel that they can use. They can send in res- uh, resolutions, and I found out that they had over 400 resolutions that were submitted for the spring hearing. And I would be willing to bet that more than half of them are are not in the proper format, but they'll probably be accepted anyways and handled in such a way that goes against the code of procedures for the Congress. So the whole spring hearing situation has, in my view, been bastardized by this online input because you got computer trolls and everybody else that sits in their basement that can send all of these things in, and all they need is a customer number. You know, and the, it natural cut- Re- the Natural Resource Board members thought, well, the non-consumptive users will not get a customer number. Anybody can get a customer number for free. It, you know, kind of sounds like voting without an ID to me. Well, in a way, they do have a program that makes sure that they from the same computer they don't get double feedback but that doesn't stop them from going to the library and using a different name and getting another customer number which is happening it happened the very first year that we tried it i i was opposed to the online input from the very beginning of the discussion and uh, it was myself and the cur- and the chairman at that time that we're being, we were being told and instructed by the Natural Resources Board to branch out and figure out something online. And they were telling the DNR that, and my complaint to them was, we'll try and figure something out, but please remember that the Natural Resources Board doesn't tell the Congress what to do. The Congress advises the Natural Resources Board. And from that point on, my communication with those two board members went downhill in a hurry. Mm. So it's, uh, it, it's nothing like it was five years ago. And we'll even look back on these first two years with, with a great yearning that remember when it was, you know, such and such, when we had real input and we were able to give them honest information. The non-consumptive users have the ears of most of the minority party in Madison right now. So it's not a problem for them. They just, as Dan said, want to limit piecemeal by piecemeal what can happen with the natural resources in the state of Wisconsin. I'm talking forestry. I'm talking farming. I'm talking anything. These people, if they had it their way... There would be five people on this planet, and four of them would have to go. <laughs> so, 
Let let me ask you, Al. The people that are in charge of the of the Natural Resources Board are are they are they hunters? Are they? I mean, or are they even wow. invested in it? At the time that this discussion took place, both of the Natural Resource Board members were current license holders for either fishing and or hunting. How much they actually do, I couldn't tell you. Okay. But uh, the former governor made made sure that at least uh, it was either three or four of the members of the board would have had a fishing or a hunting license in the last two or three years before they were appointed. Right. So there's, right. there's somebody on the board that always or should have a license, and there's someone on the board that has never had a license. So, there, you know, it's it's either way. But uh, with this turn of events going to online situation, a faceless situation, uh, you're going to see more than 400 resolutions come in next year and then the year after that. And they will be constantly chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And it depends on the numbers. Uh, Remember, these things have to go through a Congress committee before they get put in the spring hearing, unless the DNR is instructed to take that resolution and run that question themselves. You know, even John Kerry had a hunting license, but he never used it. What was that, Tom? I said even John Kerry had a hunting license, but he never used it. Well, that's that's a good point. Yeah. But. You know, nobody, you, you're not going to, and even John Kerry tried to pass it off that he was going to go duck hunting that one day, and uh, he didn't He didn't look good in camel. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's right, he didn't. But, uh, you know, that's the way, that's the way it's going, and yeah. it's uh, frustrating to know that after 80-some years of uh, good service to the state, the, the Wisconsin Conservation Congress is being marginalized and minimized by having online, non-in-person meetings and hearings for input. And uh, was that, Al, was that mostly COVID the main reason for that, did you say? No, we were told, when I say we, when I was in the Congress, we were told that they were disappointed in the small number of participants at the spring hearing compared to the number of deer licenses that are sold and they wanted a greater input because they thought with such a low number of in-person participants, they really don't have to listen to such a minority when there's 650,000 licenses being sold and only 6,000 people show up at the hearings. So but I think... Same, but in the same event, these gentlemen will bend over backwards to try and answer a letter or a single phone call that comes into their board because that person took the time to either call or write. And they lost their opinion of someone who took the time to show up for the meeting. They didn't care. They just uh, wanted numbers. They they didn't want input. So we're going to have to go to break, Al, and that's great information. I think, real quick, the answer is this. Next year, all of us licensed hunters and fishermen, we have to go online and take part in our county and, and vote so when you get some harebrained proposal from an anti-hunter, it doesn't pass. We just got to participate is the only way I can see that we can fight that. Well, just remember, Dan, you, you said it right. They're only proposals. 
And when I was a guest on your show before all these spring hearings, that's what I advocated. Everybody come and take part. And it is what it is. And if the consumptive users of the state, and I'm talking about guys that pick mushrooms all the way up to the deer hunters, don't get woken up by this and what's coming in the future, there'll be no more deer hunting. There'll be no more mushroom picking. There'll be nothing. So... Thanks for calling, Al. We always appreciate your input. Dale, he's always got good information. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Al. Take care, Al. Okay, bye now. Bye, guys. All right, folks, we got another break to take. Stay tuned for more. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. We are presented by uh, uh, Bait Made Fish Attractants. We'll be right back. To the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Newbauer. We are presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractant. Make sure you bring the bait mate and bring the Coleman insect repellent so you don't end up getting uh, malaria uh, or something like that. Uh, Tom, uh, we, we don't have Dale on the line yet, so uh, we're going to have to go into a holding pattern, my friend, because uh, as you know, right. he's busy and it's guiding season up there right now. Uh, I know he's got. Uh, He's had two walleye schools. I think he's wrapping up one, going to be having another, and I believe he's got a May smallmouth school. So uh, hopefully we get a call from him. If not, we're going to definitely try and keep our uh, listeners uh, 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 advised as far as these schools that are happening and what's going on up on the bay. Yeah, my son Chris and one of his friends went out fishing uh, last Sunday, and they went uh, out to Okachi, and they went to all the the crop you know, the known crappie areas that we go to. And uh, I think they they might have brought home maybe, I don't know, six or seven crappies and maybe four or five nice-sized bluegills. But, it, you know, they had to really hunt and search for them. Uh, you know, they'd catch one here, one there. Uh, they caught a lot of short uh, largemouth bass, you know, that were that 11, 12, 13-inch stuff. Uh, in uh, um, uh, what's that bay stuff? Stumpy Bay. They he said they could see crappies, they could see some, but they wouldn't bite. So, you know, I I, I don't think I, you know, with crappies it's so weird. They can be in and out in a two or three day period. Uh, I know when I used to go up by uh, oh um, Asylum Bay on. Uh, on Winnebago, there was some man-made channels up there, and the crappies would come in in the spring. And I remember one Saturday I was up there, Saturday or Sunday, and uh, the crappies weren't in yet. I went back the following week, figure, okay, they'll be there. Well, I was talking to some property owners, and they said, oh, yeah, they were here during the week. They're gone now. So, you know, it can happen so fast, you know. But, uh, you know, but they caught some they caught some crappies and bluegills, but just not a lot of them, not like we usually catch, you know. So, so, and I told them, I said, I'm going to wait till it gets a little warmer. You know, I'm going to wait a little bit because that water is still pretty cold. Uh, I got a, I, I talked to a guy yesterday. Yeah. And uh, he gave me similar report. He's been out on Okachi and got a few fish 
and got some big crappies too, but not a lot. And they had to really look and hunt and right, like you yeah. said. So yeah. they didn't get a whole bunch, but they got some decent size. You know what they did get? They got some decent size, a couple big, bigger size crappies and a couple bigger gills. So right. I mean, if you get a couple of them out there, uh, it's you know it, it's probably worth it. Although he just catches and releases. I'm thinking your son, being as he takes after his old man, he's probably keeping those crappies to eat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, there weren't many, so. But there were enough of crappies and bluegills for a good meal. So, the uh, the report that I got from the Bay of Green Bay um, from Dave Olson uh, was he was up there, and actually they are catching the post spawn walleyes, and uh, I believe he was fishing uh, near you know the Sturgeon Bay Little Sturgeon area, and uh, our, I guess our uh, friend John Gillespie was up there, and fished a couple of days. And actually, uh, he had a really good day in the boat with our friend Dave Olson. Um, and that show, it won't be going this weekend. I'm not sure when it's going to be running, but I guess it's, it's a pretty good show. I think our listeners should look forward to it. Uh, apparently, there was one big, really nice big walleye caught by John's daughter. And uh, there was something else eventful that happened uh, you'll have to wait for the show, and I think it'll happen near the end of the show. So that's just a tantalizing teaser. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. But, uh, you know, obviously John does a good job with his shows. And then our friend Larry Smith, he's had some really good shows recently too. So this is a time of year especially you want to watch those shows because spring fishing right now is one of the most exciting times of year to be on the water because you got so much stuff, so much is cracking. Well, I don't know if you saw Larry Smith's show last week, but he was down in Florida catching tarpon and uh, yeah and you know those those fish are huge those tarpon they they caught some (laughs) really big big fish um but yeah that's what they were doing they even caught a shark now were they were they fly fishing i know some guys fly fish for them but how, how are they fishing for them they were casting lures they were casting lures like uh, big uh, minnow imitators, or as some people call them, jerk baits. You know, um, they were just casting lures, artificials. St- would it be stuff like you might chuck for big muskies or pike? No, no, not that big. Uh, stuff that you would chuck like larger walleye lures that really? you would troll with, like. But those tar- those tarpon get huge. Oh, They're I grabbing... know. They they were like 150, 160 pounds. They were bringing them in, and they'll they... grab a. A little bait like that? Yeah, I mean, I well, you know, it's hard to say. Maybe they were like six-inch baits or something like that. Okay. And one of them was a one fish that Larry caught was a shark. <laughs> and I'm surprised. I don't know. I, they didn't show if they released the shark or not, but I would have kept the shark. Because shark are good eating. But it all depends on what the, 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 the quota is or what type of shark it is and what the limit is and all that. You know, right? But, but right. yeah, shark are shark are good eating. Well, Matter I had fact, shark. Uh, yeah, a few I've years ago. Huh? What? I I've had heart shark before. Yeah, it's it's good. It's kind of like sailfish, you know. I mean, like marlin and whatever. But my son Nick, uh, oh, just a few years ago, he was in Florida vacationing, and uh, they would they would camp out or sometimes you know rent a condo, but they'd fish right from the shore, right, right on the beaches, right? 
and a number of people will be fishing because you catch some very tasty fish while you're doing that. I, I forget what kind they are. He'd have to tell us what the good ones are to eat. But anyway, uh, he was fishing one time, and, and he caught about a six-foot shark. <laughs> so, And well, everybody about... was uh, prodding him to release it, so he released it. So when he's uh, when he when they were fighting those tarpon, did they make like long runs and jumping and going oh, crazy? Constantly jumping. He said they were fishing in water that was only, I think he said four to five feet deep, and those fish were so strong that they didn't have to make a running start to jump out of the water. A flip of their tail and they were out of the water. I mean, my goodness, and and they made a lot of jumps, a lot of jumps. Well, that's a lot of that's runs. In- that's interesting. You know, our, our friend Troy, years ago, I think it was a tarpon guide that he got, and this was kind of a tale of woe, because apparently he hooked, I think it was a giant tarpon, right close to dark, and he couldn't handle the fish. It just it just wouldn't come in. It just kept running and running, uh-huh. and then it got close to dark, and the guide was kind of concerned. Apparently, it was a shipping lane or something like that, and he was nervous that he didn't want to have a small boat out there, you know, in the dark yet. Right. And uh, the guide actually cut the line. And uh, yeah, wow. I don't know. I don't know how long he feel he fought it. I, I for the life of me, I can't imagine a guide cutting the line. But oh well, weird story, man. Well, safe. You know, if you're the captain of the boat, safety is number one for your clients. You know, and if he felt uh, that was the safe thing to do, like you said, if he's in a shipping lane. You know, yeah, you don't want to be there in the middle of the night. Always stressing safety when a field in the great outdoors. Uh, Speaking of safety, Tom, uh, our listeners might want to be aware a new law goes into effect if it hasn't already. I think it's May 1st. Uh, You know, I should pay more attention when I read this stuff. But uh, a new law on the Great Great Lakes, Green Bay, Lake Michigan, even like uh, Mississippi River, Winnebago system, typically those places where you need a guide license to be on. Uh, There's new law that when you're under power, you have to have that uh, lanyard uh, attached to your body, the kill switch. Oh, the kill switch? Yep, and it's not going to be enforced from what I understand by the DNR, but that could be um, enforced by the Coast Guard. Uh, Now, from what I understand, and don't take my word for it, Uh, You can go online and check on this. If you have an older vessel, you know, maybe some old little small aluminum boat or whatever, older vessel that doesn't have a lanyard, then from what I understand, and again, check it yourself to be sure you're exempt, but they encourage that you do get some type of a kill thing. Uh, It said that most boats made since 2010 all have it. I know my 2005 a Lumacraft Navigator has it right there, you know, and now I'm going to have to remember to clip that to my body, my person, when I'm motoring place to place when I'm up on the Bay of Green Bay. But that's uh, kind of a little known new, and that's a federal regulation, I believe. It kind of slid in under the radar screen, so people need to be aware. Now, I'm, I'm thinking that perhaps initially the Coast Guard will give warnings out to people, one would hope, but I, evidently you can get a ticket, so just be aware. Yeah, there were some uh, tournament organizations that I, I fished years ago that uh, that was uh, mandatory. When that big engine was on, you better have that kill switch on. Uh, so, and you know what? I'll tell you what. It uh, it came in handy several times. I'm glad we had it. Really? So, uh, when we come back, we got one more break to go, fo- folks. 
And when we come back, I've got one more email to do. Okay, we got another email. So stay tuned, folks, for more. Welcome back to the Bait Made Fish Attracting Studios. This is Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors, and we are in our final segment. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners out there who've been on board the crazy train today. And uh, a couple things I'll mention, Tom, real quick. Apparently, the fire danger in Wisconsin is still up there. So, you know, if you go on out there, uh, you know, don't throw your smoke out the car window. And uh, if you start a fire, campfire, make sure you're uh, careful when you do it. Um, couple of other things as well um the hunt wild app i've mentioned this in the fall uh right now you can you can log on and get the hunt wild app it's a free app from the wisconsin dnr and it actually shows public hunting lands and so forth so if you're going out turkey hunting trying to find some spots it might not be a bad idea to get that yeah um i forwarded you an email from the milwaukee chapter of muskie inc guys Oh, no, not again. These emails never come through, Tom. Oh, this this one will come through. This one will oh. come through. And oh. uh, speak, uh, you know what I forgot? Ah, shoot, you know what I forgot to do? I got one. I don't know where the heck it is. I got, you know, those turkey calls where you put on your tongue in your mouth? Oh, here it is. Uh, I was You're not going to make a turkey call, are you? Huh? You're not going to try and sound like a turkey, I hope. No, wait a minute. I, I forget how I did this, did this but... Uh, turkey season starting this coming weekend, next weekend. Yep, yep. So give us your turkey call, Tom. Oh, God. <laughs> Sounds like you're passing gas. Um, so I any... got one of those things that you put in your mouth and do it. But uh, I was going to show with that, and I forgot all about it. But my son Nick is going turkey hunting next weekend, so... Hopefully he'll have a report on him getting another turkey this year. Well, uh, now is I'm sure you're getting swarmed by, by all the turkeys in your neighborhood right now yeah. after that brilliant call. April 27th, I believe, is the swap meet for Muskie's Inc., uh, which is going to be at Machine Shed right around 7-ish. Right. So many of our listeners used to do Mistake on the Lake. And so this is, I guess, uh, we don't have Mistake on the Lake anymore. But uh, you can show up there and, uh, you know, bring your stuff and barter, trade, and so forth. So, yeah. You know, maybe John over at Smokey's Bait Shop, maybe he'll reinstitute Mistake on the Lake. Reinstitute. Maybe next year. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it was always cold and rainy and crappy. And, yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's why there was a reason John called it Mistake on the Lake. That's right. Yeah, it was a mistake, all right. But it turned out okay. Yeah, well, didn't uh, didn't our friend Andy didn't they make uh, hot dogs and stuff sometimes? Oh or, yeah, they, or, some or, uh, uh, I forget the, the guy's name. Rick's wife would make uh, a pot of chili, or no, 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 pulled pork. She'd make pulled pork, and I think they had chili maybe too. And then uh, then there were hot dogs. Might have been some hamburgers too. But uh, yeah, there was always warm food there. That's for sure. And cold beer, warm food and cold beer. In a 45 degree day in rain. So, <laughs> oh yeah. But now you know I what? Believe... Even when it was raining, people still showed up. 
Also, I believe, I think, well, next weekend, Saturday, is the opener, correct, Tom? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think I, I think that's when the quad challenge is going on with the local, our local Muskies, Inc., and I think they're going to have a cookout. Uh, I think it was like 10 bucks for barbecue ribs at the park down the road there. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's going to be going on, too. So if you're not a member of the local chapter of, you know, Pewaukee chapter of Muskies, Inc., you know, you really should join. If you fish muskies on the area lakes, they're the one organization out there working and trying to improve. Just like I've said over and over again, if you fish walleyes out on Pewaukee, you sure better not be a cheapskate. You should go join and spend whatever it is, 25, 35 bucks and buy the Pewaukee chapter or join the Pewaukee chapter of uh, walleyes for tomorrow. I believe uh, they did wrap up their netting operations tom and and i think i mentioned to you the biggest one surprisingly that you know as of the last time i talked to those guys the biggest one in the net was a about a 24 and a half inch female so uh no real giants around out there uh, they must be getting you know unless they're getting cropped off by guys out there ice fishing out there is the only thing i can think and 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 i can understand you know if you got uh, any a walleye 27 to 30 inches on an inland lake, that's a that is a real trophy. I mean, you catch that on you know the Bay of Green Bay, and and you know it's a nice fish, but you know it's it's not out of the ordinary. You're normally going to catch a couple of those if you spend any time out there. You do that on an inland inland lake, that's uh, that's saying something. But hopefully those 24, those mid-range, whatever, the 20, 24-inch females, 18, 22-inch males, hopefully in a couple of years, those can all start growing up and getting bigger and bigger. And, and uh, I was talking to uh, Captain Mike Kep, a musky fisherman extraordinaire out there. We got a lot of extraordinary ones, him, Jim Dembeck, bunch of them. Um, but he was saying that he anticipates this year trolling small crankbaits that uh, you should start picking up some of those walleyes. They're getting big enough to grab a crankbait now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's, there's gonna this year. There's gonna be plenty of legal fish out there for anglers. So Pewaukee Lake is gonna be one busy lake, I think, this summer. I mean, because you know it's it's got the muskies, it's got the largemouth, the smallmouth, the walleye. Uh, I mean, and the panfish are growing bigger. I mean, so and the northern pike are big. So. That, boy, I'll tell you what, that is one heck of a fishery, and it's going to be busy this year. It's going to be busy. Yeah, uh, you got to learn how to pick pick your windows as well. And and not just Pewaukee. We've got a lot of great uh, great fisheries that are great resources in oh, the yeah. area. So, um, you know, your Lake X, for example. And uh, Now, what do you know? I was going to ask you, uh, Our friend, my friend Ted from Lunkers. Uh, Lunkers today has an outing. And I want to say Buffalo Lake. What do you know about Buffalo Lake? Buffalo Lake. Why does I think that it's ring up, a bell? Is that up? Isn't that uh, on by Montello? Isn't a river? Isn't that like a dammed kind of an area that makes Buffalo Lake there? Yes, that's it. North, yeah, it, a lot of Northerns and bass there. I did a TV show there, fished there a few times. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of bass and Northerns. I think I ice fished for Northerns there one time. Yeah. So um, and, and and it's just a it's a widening of the river. I forget what the name of the river is, but it's a widening of the river there. Is it the Fox? Is it one called? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I guess we'll have to. Well, I'll we'll talk to Ted. I'll find out if yeah. I have a report. We'll figure for, it out uh, next week. For next week, but 
Um, yeah, well, fishing reports are good, guys. Uh, the Bay of Green Bay post-spawn bites going on right now. Lots to get out there and do. Warming weather. Those crappies should be biting soon. So uh, get on out there and enjoy it, my friends. Yep, we'll talk to you all next week. That's what I got, Kenny. That's all I got, buddy. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends. Free, free, like a river raging.